whether it's good or bad, because those are the things that's going to define you. So my moment of reflection is self. And to take a good look at yourself and see that it's self in the way of you being who God has destined you to be. The plan that God has for you has self gotten in the way of it. So take that reflection of yourself and evaluate yourself. And, and I mean, I don't mean just, you know, write down, I mean really just take a look deep within yourself. Because you have to take within yourself the good, the bad, and the ugly. And sometimes it is. We have to look at our ugly side because we're, we're, not, we're not perfect by, by no means. Um, but take a strong and deep look at yourself and the things that, that may be keeping you from having that better relationship with, with, with your husband or your wife or your, your children, your co-workers, and everything that you do, just take an evaluation of that. Because if you see it and you realize it, that's the first thing, that's the first step. And it's going to lead you in a better direction where God has for you to go you'll get the good the roadmap you'll see it more clearly that's my moment of reflection Amen. thank you brother sam brother mason yeah like what brother sam was uh was talking about uh about the moment of reflection and uh I like where we are now with the, uh, should I say, time. Uh, people say, you know, it's bad time right now. Uh, people are really struggling. Uh, people are really going through with uh, inflation. It's bad. Uh, gas prices are as we say, astronomical now, they just crazy. Um, in these times when it's like this, we don't realize that these are the best times for God to reflect and show exactly who he is. Uh, we talk about faith all the time. But when it comes down to walking, that faith. Uh, that's, that's a little bit different story. Uh, and so what God does sometimes is, is, is put us in situations to where he does this. He disturbs us <laughs> right where we are. Because see, we, we've been comfortable for a while. And we've enjoyed that comfort, should I say comfortability, if, if there's a word that we've enjoyed that for a while. And you know, and, and we praise God all the time when the blessings are there and when everything is going good, you know, you, you, you're able to make money and pay your bills and and, and buy you some, some extra stuff on the side and uh, and everything is, is going good. And we say, well, God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. And so we uh, 
sometimes has to understand that there are going to come times to where he's going to have to disturb you because it can't be good all the time. He never meant for it to be good all the time. So sometimes you're not going to be able to have those, those sunny days. It's, it's going to have to be some rain. It's going to have to be some storms in our life. And I think one of the main things that we forget when it comes down to those things that come in our life is that the situation changes, but God never did. He says he's the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. Yes, so even if we're in the worst of times, it only affects us, but it never affects him. Because he looked at it because he already allowed it to happen anyway, and he already knew it was going to happen. And so by us being his children, we belong to us. We know he's got our back, and we know he's going to take care of us. thing is, is getting yourself to that point to where even in the worst of times that happen to you, do you still believe that he is what he said he is to And the situations and trials and tribulations and, and hard times like we're having now, you kind of shake your faith just a little bit to where now you, you sometimes people even get to the point where you even question God whether or not uh, he's there, you know, because one of the things that we'll say a lot of times, God, where are you? Well, he's right where he always been. He doesn't, there's nowhere that he cannot be because he's that omnipresent God. He, he's everywhere. And so just just remember that uh, that we're living in, in the last days. We're, we're living in times where things will probably get a little bit worse. Uh, but just remember that even though situations change and, 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 and things uh, change, that God never changes. So he's still that same God that when he was blessing you, he's still that same God when you're going through the storm. And I always remember that as long as you're in the storm, he's right there with you. Um, that's my uh, that's my opening comment for for tonight. Uh, let's go through a word of prayer. Father, we come before you tonight in the name of Jesus. We thank you for another day that you allow us to see. Uh, Father, thank you for life. Thank you for health. Thank you for strength. Father, we thank you for your Son. Yes, Lord. Jesus Christ, Father, that when we were lost and wretched undone and uh, wasn't fit to live and wasn't fit to die, that, Father, your Son came and died on the cross for us. And, Father, that way that he gave us an opportunity, Father, through your Son to have eternal life. Yes, Lord. And, Father, we thank you for that eternal life mm -hmm. that we have in now. But Lord, we just ask you tonight that you would just give us wisdom, knowledge, understanding of your word, Father, and help us to, to clarify what we're going to say tonight. Speak to us. And to simplify it, Father. And, and, and as the old saints was to say back in the day, Lord, to make it plain. Father God, we know there's someone listening tonight, Father, that needs this spiritual food tonight in order to grow spiritually. So help us, Father, just to explain it, break it down, Lord, and just be able to interpret it the way that it was meant to be interpreted 
so that your people will grow. And Father, there may be someone listening tonight that don't know you as Lord and Savior. Father, we ask that your spirit will draw him to where he would accept your son, Jesus Christ, as Lord and Savior. Father, that's our goal tonight, Father, just to make it plain to where people understand your word. Yes. And they'll know that there is no other truth besides your truth. Yes. We thank you for it right now. Thank you. And we believe that it's done. In Jesus' name we pray. Jesus. Amen. 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 So tonight we turn our attention and our focus to 2 Chronicles 7.14. Very familiar passage of scripture and a very well, often quoted scripture. And it's so applicable for the time we're in right now. Scripture simply says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my faith, turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal their land. It is so much being said in these 40 words. The scripture has 40 words in it. Brother Sam, the number 40 represents trials, tests, and trouble. And what just caught my attention, something in the beginning of the scripture, but something at the end of the scripture, that, that at the end of the scripture said, and will heal their land. And if a land needs healing, that means the land is sick. Mm -hmm. That's right. Dr. Mason, we're living in some sick times right now. Yes, sir. Living in some, as the Bible says, some perilous times. Every time we gather, y'all, there's been more murders, more incidents. But not only that, it's just the behaviors and the just the way mankind has become. Just what, yesterday or the day before yesterday, I was looking at the news and in New York, I think it was, a cab driver jumped the sidewalk and just ran into people. 
shootings over the weekends, constantly hearing about mad, mass shootings. This pandemic in some places is starting, I mean, COVID is starting to rise again in certain areas. People, instead of flocking to God's house, have pretty much turned their back on God's house. And they choose to go everywhere but God's house. People choose to want to live the way they want to live. Children nowadays act like they haven't been raised. They are severely disrespectful. And I think as we said one time, a lot of children nowadays, you can't teach them nothing because they think they know everything. Families at odds. Spouses at odds. Look at cost of living and some people are suffering while other people have so much like the rich man that they waste what they have. We're living in some sick times, y'all. Yes, we are. And we're living in a sick land. And being that we know there's an issue, one would ask the question, what do you do about it? How does this issue, all these things, get resolved? What's the remedy? Is there any hope? Is there a prescription for everything we're going through right now, brother? It's right here. It's in here. It's in here. It's in there. It's in here. <laughs> <laughs> This, this 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 word has it in there, and and as I and I normally don't I don't um, I don't read the, the verse or, or I just look at it. Okay, this is what we're gonna talk about tonight. I just let the spirit move me. But today I just took a glimpse. I couldn't take a glimpse. I I I, I went head in. When when I just went head first into it, and I dove in, and it was it's it's a lot to take home with this. But the thing that you're saying is that the reason. This one particular passage right here it is, is, I was reading why it was the third most read scripture, and I don't want to get political on anybody, during the, the Donald Trump's election. The third most mm. used scripture. Why not? And, 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 it, and it says it just because. If you look at it, man, the, it's, it's touching on so many things because it resonates with so many people. Why? Because all of the turmoil and all of the devastation and uncertainty and fear that's going around, that's going on, not only right here in the U.S., but around the world. That uncertainty is why this passage is so used and, and, and drawn to people because, man, I need God, I need you. I need to hear from you. That's what he's saying. I need to hear from you. That, that's what it's saying. If my people, I need to hear from you, God, because all this going on around me, I need to hear from you. Man, that's, you have to ask yourself, you know, and that's why it resonates with so many people. And, and so many people, 
you know, because it, 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 it's a clear expression of everything that's going on in their lives and their, their scene. And you just named off a few things that just happened yesterday. We're sitting here and, and something already happened right now. We don't know what it is, but somebody has, somebody has killed somebody yeah. with the act of a gun or, you know, some child. You know, those are the random things that's already happening right as we sit right here at this having this kitchen table conversation and talking about, you know, the words from, from this, this chronicles. But we also know there's a promise in that, in this whole, in that, in that verse too. There's some promises in there. There's some remedy in there. There's some stuff that's in there. Remedy. That can ease some pains like that one man. That's some one man. <laughs> Supporting and some sad, you know, that, that, that's, that's going on in this, this verse. Uh, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, I had a discussion with a preacher uh, many years ago. And uh, we was talking and God came to Solomon by night, you know, most of us know the story, you know, that uh, he let Solomon know that he, he, had, he had heard his prayer. Right. He knew he had, he had heard his prayer, and so he knew uh, what he was going to do. God, see, God has, has this way of, of getting our attention. As I stated in our opening uh, comments, uh, sometimes God has to disturb us. And the, and, and the best thing for us, whether we believe it or not, is bad times. Bad times are good for God's people. Hmm. See, we don't look at it like that because we're looking at what we lose, you know, and, 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 and the struggle and the hardship that comes with all of that. You know, like, oh man, it's bad. You know, because we always been kind of taught that you know when you have this relationship with God uh, and you're one of His children, you don't have to suffer like everybody else suffers. You don't have to go through all of these different things like everybody else goes through because you're a child of God. You know, you don't supposed to be sick. You don't. You don't get sick. <laughs> you know, children of God don't get sick. You know, you get this claiming and blaming it or whatever they say. <laughs> and, and you hear, uh, but sometimes the best remedy for us is through the bad times. Because, see, 
the bad times get out of contention. And wherever we've been going astray at or whatever we've been doing that we're not supposed to be doing, God sort of shakes us a little bit, you know, kind of like brings us back, back to where we're supposed to be, you know. And, and we don't like it, but it's the best thing for us. Because he's not going to let us play. It's like a mother and a father. They know, because they love their child, they're not going to let their child play in the trap. And God is not going to let us do that. And so when we, uh, we, we, we look at this uh, in, in its context, context here, uh, we, we, we look at how uh, the children of Israel and uh, Solomon, you know, dedicating the temple uh, to God. Uh, God has like another plan after all of that dedication and, and everything has been set in place now. Uh, God has another plan in that because he knows how we are. And he wants to get our attention again. He wants to, to disturb us. And when we have to understand this, he disturbs us in a good way. Not bad. Because he is that good God that we say he is. And so, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Well, why did God allow these bad things to happen? Good things. How well, because it's in his word, for one thing. He told his disciples when he first got started, he said, look, See, in this world, you will, not you may have, or you might have, or there's a possibility, you, you know, it might happen. He said, in this world, you will have tribulation. But he said, but be a good chick, for I will overcome the world. And so he, he's letting them know that you're going to go through some things, some things. Because this is the type of world it is. But you notice how he set this thing up now. He, he says, though, even though you go through these, these trials and these, these tribulations, he's saying, hey, be of good cheer. For I, I have already overcome these things. And when you look at it for who he is, you can rejoice in that or be in good cheer because now you know God says, well, Jesus said he's already done it. He's already overcoming. So if he's already overcoming, then what are we worried about? We're worried about the present time, what we're in and what we're going through right now. We're not looking at coming out of the storm or being guaranteed that you're going to come out of the storm. <laughs> we look at it as not, as it's not a guarantee, but we look at it as being in the storm and and. And there's no hope for us. So when we look at this, this Second uh, Chronicles seven fourteen, and I'm gonna let Professor handle this opening here. Uh, I, I I like what God is doing because I when I look at the world today, I see the very same things happening in that manner because. He's going to ask a question. Uh, and I like how everything is directed in this particular verse. And if, 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 if the Christians 
would get exactly what he's saying. <laughs> a lot of these problems that we're having in the world today would be taken care of. Because we're looking for answers. And, and, and think about it. Now, I'm going to say this. We're looking for answers. And what do we say? What, what, what's, what's a common cliche that Christians say all the time? That Jesus is the answer. We believe that so much we even got bumper stickers and we put on the back of our cars. You know, Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. Okay. Well, if Jesus is the answer, why are we still searching for answers? Why don't we just let him answer? Why don't we just let him do what he can do? If he is the answer, then let's trust him enough and let him. Let, let, let's, let's, let's do like Malachi said over there. He said, try me and see. Yeah, he said, prove me. Test me. See if I am a God of my word. If I tell you what I'm going to do, as far as opening up the windows of heaven and pouring you out a blessing where there may not be enough room to receive it. He said, test me and see. He said, if you're so concerned about the world situation today and how bad it is and everything is, is going haywire and, and all like that, he said, I got the answer. How many of y'all are willing to share the answer? How many of y'all are willing to believe that I am the answer? And let's just step out on faith and say, well, hey, what, I, what do I have to lose? What do I have to lose? Let's go ahead and just trust God and just see him flex his muscles. Let, let's see if he's really going to do what he said he's going to do or what he's able to do. That's, that's it, though. So we're we thinking of the whole concept of the, the, the world. But it's not the world. It's the people in the world. It's the people in the world that, that needs the healing. It's not the world itself. True. It's the people True. that live with it, not just America, but it's the people exactly. that has the issue. And that's a true statement right there. You don't see birds going crazy. You don't see dogs and cats and cows and all of them acting out of character. You don't see none of that. It's man. Yeah, exactly. Man has the issue. Because he's hard again. He's stubborn. He's stiff necked. Want to do things his own way. I like in the book of Judges say, man wanted to do what was right in his own eyes. That's what we need. We need to turn. You, you said it. We, we, we use, and I understand we use these platforms in a way that, in the way that, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram can all be used in certain ways, but the positive ways that, that, that it can be used. I'm glad sometimes turmoil turns into this passage. Exactly. That way, it take their they eyes and focus on Twitter, exactly. on Facebook. And now you got to get into this word because I need to get a better understanding. I hope that's what they do anyway. Get a better understanding because Facebook can't get you. Exactly. Dr. Mason, you already gave some background information. Behind Second Chronicles, Second Chronicles seven fourteen is actually a response to Solomon's prayer right. in Second Chronicles in six. Thought I said something. Oh, that. <laughs> 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 we I'm enjoying sitting there. But 
he actually, and some of the things that Solomon prayed, he addressed them leading up to 2 Chronicles 7 4. Mm -hmm. and, and when you look at 2 Chronicles 7 14, and we preachers like to say, that's a lot of meat on that bone right there. <laughs> so we're not going to be able to eat the whole road tonight. Let's cut these 40 words up. Now listen to it. I remember I told you, there's 40 words in this. this mm -hmm. 40 words. 40. Trouble. Trials. Tests. And I heard a preacher use most of what I'm getting ready to say in this cut up, but I think I changed a couple of them. Now watch this. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Watch this. If, that's possibility. My people, that's personal. Mm -hmm. Who are called by my name, that's paternal. Would humble themselves, that's a priority. And pray, that's power. And seek my faith, that's a privilege. And turn from their wicked ways, that's preparation. Then will I hear from heaven, that's progress. And will forgive their sin, that's pardon. And will heal their land, that's prosperity. Let's look at the if. <laughs> if. If deals with choice or change. Want to know why people won't turn to this word? They, have, they choose not to. They won't do it. They, they, they call up. You know what I'm saying? We use the Instagram, the Snaps, and we don't use Snapchat, but the Instagram, the TikTok, and the Twitter, and the Facebook. We use it for godly purposes. Everybody's not doing that. I could leave what I'm doing right now and get caught up on everything going on on social media. And that's where a lot of people are. They just caught up on social media. Social media, I had one time said, Revelation, you know this. I ain't getting on no Facebook. I ain't getting all that mess. Facebook is not a problem. It's the person behind Facebook that's using it and how you use it and what you use it for. Facebook can be encouraging. People put up some good godly stuff every day. True. But what we got going on in this world is people who choose to ignore the fact that they are Christians. Because he said, if my people, that is right there, speak. All the stuff going on in the world today, the answer is found in God's people. We have the same power residing in us that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. So that means we're some powerful people. But the problem with these powerful people is that the powerful people with the power are torn apart. They always at one another. They divided over doctrines and things like that. They divided over speaking in tongues and prophetic anointings and things of that nature. They lie. Over who gonna have the biggest church or who got the most bookings on their calendar. 
Who drives the big car? Who? Lord have mercy. I, I seen something, and I was talking to Mason about it, that just disturbed me about a preacher who is worth $760 million. What does one preacher need with 760, a network for 760 million? That would turn a lot of people off from the church. And I'm not going to get sidetracked. Mm -hmm. But that does turn a lot of people off from the church. Yeah. Because of the ways that some of these preacher pastors live. Yeah. Mansions. It's all right to live good. But all that money you're putting in it, why do you need a 17,000 square foot home when it's two or three of them? What about these people that don't have a home? Why do you need a half a million dollar car? A $30,000 car will get you that just as good. Too many people. That, that's a whole nother, whole nother lesson, but yeah. <laughs> but God's people are not doing what God's people need to be doing. It's right here in this scripture. God said, if my people, that's the born again, the blood washed, the saved individual. Go ahead, I see it turning. That's those people whose lives have been changed by the power of God. That's the people who realize that now, 2 Chronicles 5.17 is talking about me. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Behold, old, thing, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. That's the man that understands that if we walk by the flesh, if we fulfill the lust of the flesh, we cannot please God. That's the man that understands. I got to now walk by the Spirit's dictate. He said, my people. And watch this. God calls us his people. Y'all didn't catch that. That's all. No. That is not. That's a privilege. But he calls us his and he knows us. He knows how jacked up we can be. Even in our Christian walk. He knows how messed up our minds get. Even trying to serve him. And he still said, that's mine. And then after the scripture goes on to say, they call by my name. Now, that, that, that's a problem right there. And a big problem for the service. We wear God's name. But we don't act like his children all the time. It's true. We wear the name of his son. Christian. They were first called Christians that way. And we, we got first. <laughs> <laughs> Christians. And I've said this over and over. A combination of the word Christ and the suffix eon, I-A-N. Eon means to be of, from, or to belong to. So when I call myself a Christian that says I'm of Christ, I'm now from Christ, and I belong to Christ. And since I'm of Christ, I'm from Christ, I belong to Christ, or oh, I act like Christ. You know they say it, to be like Jesus. That's all I want to be. To be like Jesus, that means so much to me. 
You want, and then sometimes when, when, when they get caught up in something or when they didn't do something right and they were, but I ain't Jesus. Well, I ain't there yet. I know you ain't there yet. Paul said, not as though I've already apprehended. But there's one thing I do. Some stuff behind me. I got to let it go. And there's a mark, there's a prize in front of me. Quit using that excuse. Everybody know you ain't Jesus. Everybody know you ain't there yet. But at least try and press toward the mark. If I fall today, I don't have to fall tomorrow. He said, if my people. So it stops right there that the church, the people of God, the ecclesia, the called out ones, called out of what? Darkness into the marvelous life. Called out of self into a dependency on God. If my people, the Christians, the blood bought, blood washed, Bible toting, scripture quoting, cross-wearing, blessed, and highly favored folk would actually live up to what we say. We could make a difference in this world. Everybody didn't come out the closet and when they came out, the church went in the closet. <laughs> That's true. Why is it everybody can push their platform but the church can't? Why is it that it's okay to mention Muhammad and Buddha and Hindu and Shinto and Confucius, but when you call the name of Jesus, there's a problem. Why is it that in Golden State yesterday, day before yesterday, whatever, thousands of people are out in the street screaming and yelling because they won this gold trophy over a basketball game. But we can't scream and shout and celebrate you. Where the church is today? Where the folk that say for God I live and for God I die. What is it? He said, if my people, which means there's another set of people. Everybody don't belong to them. So he ain't asking for those people. I'm about to get started. <laughs> <laughs> but understand that when he say my people, he talking about certain people. And with they, even all this, you know, There's some conditions that come along with that. Talk about it. So it just that, you know, my people, you know, that there's there's always some conditions. These, these promises are they're conditional. My people call it my name, my disciples, is, is what he's saying. But then you must even as Jesus said, deny self in the back of Oh, 
speak and say, I'm a Christian. Now, when you speak it out your mouth, be mindful what you're speaking. Because now, those conditions come. There are some trials that may come along. Mm. You say, okay, you're a Christian. There, there are some hard roads that's going to come along. Oh, you love me. You're a Christian. Where's Job at? <laughs> come on, Job. That's one of the mark by hey, you go to Job and read Job. Job was a man that just had prosperous. Yeah. Had everything. Had it going on. I'm putting it in the young they had it going on. Everything. Had it going on. But as Satan was meeting with as God was meeting with angels, here comes Satan, because he is an angel. Have you looked upon myself with Job? That Christian. See, we we I, I, I'm just going to be honest. There were Joe moments when God just is not he tests you, but he allows those things to happen to you. That Christian, that, that's when those promises, those conditions come into play. As you, okay, God promised me, but I'm going to do something. I'm, I'm going to have to do something. I said, I call the eye, the eye. The eye, when the eye jump in there, the eye, you are, you are wrong already. You are already on the, the wrong path because I, I is because it it, it will though. But I ain't gonna go into the humble part, but those some promises that come with that. So so those things that you know as being a Christian and that disciple, those 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 words are they come with conditions that you have to be. I agree with those conditions that you just can't just just let them go flow out in. I've, uh, I've sitting here thinking as the uh, professor was talking. And I think what one of the main problems is with, uh, and I can't speak for everybody, but it's, it's, it seems like to me there's an identity problem mm. among the Christians. Uh, we want to be Christians by name, but we don't want to be Christians by recognized. You know, and, and what recognize it is action. Taking action, we'll recognize a real Christian because, see, you, you, you have to look at it. Uh, <coughs> and, and Peter had this problem. Uh, when Jesus was being tried, the Bible says that Peter followed from a distance. Because, see, he didn't want people to know that he was with Christ. Because he's thinking, okay, I'm seeing what they're doing to Christ. I don't want that to be done to me. So I better kind of like follow from a distance to see how it turns out. What's eventually going to happen to me. And so he didn't want to be identified with Christ even though he knew Christ and as you explained and broke down Christian see that's powerful say that again about Christian what Christian means again Christian is a combination of the word Christ and the suffix eon okay. we know who Christ is the God the son of God exactly. God in Eon, the suffix means to be of, from, or to belong to. 
Like we live in North Carolina, we're called North Carolinians because we're from North Carolina. My daughters and sister Jackie live in Oklahoma. Right. They're called Oklahomans. Right. I mean Mexicans, right. Californians. Mm -hmm. So it means to be upfront or to belong to. So when I declare that I'm a Christian, that's my testimony. I say I'm of Christ, I'm from Christ, and I belong to Christ. Which means I ought to behave like Christ, or to try to live like Christ, or to do what Christ did. No, we're not going to do everything perfect. We're not going to be sinless, but we ought to sin less. Right. There are going to be some struggles, but we still maintain the Christian faith and the Christian walk. Yes, right. And I like what you say here, this identity thing. And that's what it is. It is an identity because, see, if you don't do that thing like Christ, and we say too that Christianity means uh, a, a Christian is, is someone who is Christ-like. If you're like Christ, Christ-like, then people should see you function like Christ did. Mm -hmm. If you're not functioning like Christ did, then they're gonna sit back and look and say, "Well, okay, uh, he's not even." basically living what he says. He says one thing, but he does something else. Christ done exactly what he wanted to do, when he wanted to do it, and how he wanted to do it, because he knew he was on a mission. He knew he had to be about his father's business, and he wasn't going to detour from that no matter what. I don't care how much they threatened to kill him, and you know they came up plenty of times, and he already knew what was going to happen anyway. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, I must be about my father's business. So uh, they're going to see who I really am because of what I do. Mm -hmm. Christians have to be on display 24-7. Because there's always somebody watching you. They're looking at you and they're watching what you do and what you say. Somebody said a while back, say that for some people, the only Bible that they will ever read mm -hmm. would be the way a Christian lives this Christian life. Yes, That's what they read. And so we have to be careful about what we do and what we say and how we say it because you're going to hear that word comes up or you're going to hear that phrase come up they're going to say well I thought you was, a Christian. you was a Christian and so we've always said if you ever get that from somebody I thought you was a Christian What's your definition? yeah make sure you ask them what is your definition of a Christian and the thing is before you ask them what's their definition of a Christian make sure you know the right definition of a Christian. <laughs> because as long as you know it, then you'll be able to know whether or not you're displaying or living or acting out the role of a Christian, which is very important. So I believe identity uh, has caused a lot of us to become secret service agents <laughs> where we don't want nobody to know who we really are. You know, because we, we're scared of the persecution. We're scared of the ridicule. We're, we're scared because uh, that's not popular these days. See, we like popularity. We, we want to be accepted. You know, we don't want to be 
looked on as a square or, you know, as, as if we don't belong. But see, the thing is, we can get away from it. When you talked about, you just broke down Christian and everything. See, we in this thing. Whether we want to or not, or whether we say anything or not. See, once you belong to him, you belong to him. It's like a man. Yeah, exactly what it is. It's a man. And you can't get away from it. <laughs> Even the backslider can't get away from it because he said, I'm married to the backslider. Yes, sir. So you can backslide all you want to, and guess what? If the marriage ain't been broken, the relationship ain't been broken, he still got it. That's right. You didn't say it so much, I forgot everything I need to say. <laughs> <laughs> this identity thing is deep. I like, I like how you said that the only Bible some people will ever read is the life of a Christian. And so every Christian needs to know the words of this poem right here. It says, we write the gospel a chapter a day. In deeds we do, and in words we say. People are watching whether faithless or true. So what is the gospel according to you? Preachers aren't the only people being watched. They're going to watch how you hang with the people who tell them Jokes that are not holy. Right. They gonna see how you react. Talk mm-hmm. when you're around people who talk like sailors. Mm-hmm. See if those words come out around you. Like them guys tried you that day on your job and they saw them women walking down the street yeah. and they like, hey preacher, what, what do you think about them women right there? And you were honest. You just told them. Yeah. All of them look good. In the middle, she's God's been left. <laughs> They want to try us to yeah. see if we are who we say we are. Right. But right. in a sense, we need to show the world who we are. Right. But we really need to show God. I mean, but well, God already knows us. But we need to let the world see Christ in us. And part of the reason I need to back up to that word if again. Right. If it's a choice. It's all about the choices we make. It's true. And why not choose to make God happy? Why not choose to give God glory? Why not choose to say, Lord, I yield, I do it your way? Because how many times have we found out doing it any other way but his way is failure? (laughs) If, why not say, God, I thank you for calling me your people? If my people you said, that's an honor. That's a privilege for God to support. He claims us. Good grace of mine. It's true. He claims us, Brother Sam. Yes, he does. In all of our faults, our frailties, our shortcomings, he still claims us. Go ahead. And, and you know, you're so right about that. And, and I think with, 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 uh, with the way Christians don't understand this thing, is that when you get born again, uh, what happens is, and, and when you look at being born again, when, when we go to uh, uh, John chapter three, when Jesus met Nicodemus by night, you know, and uh, had this conversation with Nicodemus and uh, told Nicodemus. Nicodemus said, you you can't even enter into the kingdom of heaven unless you be born again, you know? So 
only knowledge of being born again or being born, period, that Nicodemus had was being born physical. Right. That's all he understood. The physical birth. He didn't understand anything about spiritual birth. But instead of telling the whole story here, what he was telling is that he needed to be born again, he needed to be spiritually born from above. Because that's what being born again means. It means to be born from above. So if you're born from above, that's what God does for you. Through his Holy Spirit, he causes you to be born again. Right, when you're born again, what that does, it means that you're born from God. So now you belong to God. Because now you become God's child. So when you look at that, that's, that's powerful. Because now you know when you got a spiritual birth, you know who you belong to in your physical birth because you were born from your mother and father. So you know that's your mother and father now because you were physically born. Mm -hmm. Alright, so now you've been spiritually born. You know you've been born from God. Alright, so now God becomes your father now and you become his child. Okay? So if he says, if my people He's saying all the ones that have been born again that know me as their father. <laughs> he said, you got to look at this thing. You are my children. All right? Now, since you are my children, you got to understand that what I do is that I love my children very much. Mm -hmm. I love them a lot. All the way to the point the way I chastise them. I love them so much to where uh, I use the rod of correction on them every now and then. And, and I got my own way of doing it because I know where all the hot spots are. I know how. <laughs> if, if, I, if I hit them this way or <laughs> if, I, if I tap them this way, I know how to get some type of response out of them. So he knows because you're his child what it takes to get you to move. And so when, 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 we, when we look at what's, what's actually going on here, uh, I, I, I love it again because I see what, what God is up to in this. Go ahead, Professor. No, no, I'm listening. 